and welcome to episode 17 of the Talent Intelligence Podcast. I'm Claire Murray, Head of Marketing at Solutions Driven, and I'm joined today by Beatrice Luca Di Tena, um, Global People Development and Senior Acquisition Leader at Almirall. That's quite the title there, Beatrice. Not bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Claire? I am doing very well. Um, I mentioned before that I thought it was Wednesday today and it's actually Thursday, so um, one day closer to the weekend. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Beatrice, I wondered if you could tell me just a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Almiral. Yeah, sure. So, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me, Clara. It's it's great to be here to talk it's to pleasure. you today. Um, so, well, about myself. So, I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm from Spain. I'm originally from Seville, from from the south of of Spain, and I really have moved a lot around the country. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I, me and my family we look we moved to the north of Spain to to Santander when I was sixteen. Then I've studied in in Salamanca, which is in uh, you know in the center of Spain, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Madrid, where I lived nine years, to the capital of the country. And there is where I started my professional career in in HR. Mm -hmm. um, so I I started um, pretty soon working in the pharma industry actually as an intern, and then I've had a chance to to work uh, in Madrid in 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 Roche and in Johnson and Johnson. Wow. Yeah, and um, you know it was like I don't remember the name the, the year I think it was two thousand fifteen two thousand sixteen. A summer break, I met my husband. He's from Barcelona. <laughs> and that's why I live in Barcelona now. Uh, I think I've been living here since uh, 2016. And um, that's also one of the reasons why I ended up working at, at Almirai. Um, so Almirai is a uh, pharmaceutical company. Uh, We're 1,800 employees. Uh, we have uh, 15 affiliates, uh, 14 of them are in Europe, one of them in, in the US, mm -hmm. and uh, we are focused on uh, bringing, um, uh, let's say, pharmaceutical products to our patients in uh, medical dermatology. Very a interesting. Bit, a little bit, a snippet. <laughs> you know, it's funny, I've heard you say before that Almirol is as is, is a smaller company in the industry, but I don't think I'd realized you had that many people. So it's quite quite a large um employee base for what is considered a smaller company. Yeah, we can talk about mid-sized company, right? We're not yeah. a biotech, not a big not big pharma. We're there in between, but really like you know, competing uh with big pharma, uh in, in yeah. of our uh as a therapeutic areas so it's it's really exciting to work in such a size because of course the one person can really have a very big impact, impact. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> um how did you get into the talent space you know you'd said that you'd started off in in pharma quite earlier on but what was that attracted you to to talent hr all of that and how did you get into it what was your journey well, actually, well, I studied psychology, and okay. uh, where when I started studying psychology, I probably was not thinking about working in HR. Uh, but um, I, I actually, well, while I was um, uh, studying, I also worked in, in several places, 
and one of the places I worked in, uh, it was uh, a customer, um, um, oh, what's the word in English, sorry, uh, customer service. Uh, so uh, okay. there I went through the you know whole recruitment process and I did a group dynamic and then I actually, you know, was hired and became quite close with our HR partner. Uh, she was also a young girl and we kind of uh, connected and she also studied psychology. So she shared with me her, her, her journey and I learned from, from the job and I, I, I found it very interesting. So I decided to focus on, on HR in my last years uh, in university. And, uh, and there is where I, I started uh, my first internship in Inditex actually. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, doing a lot of recruitment for uh, people in the shops, you know, for Sarah and uh, all the Inditex shops, and uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with with uh, with it, and uh, until until today, and I expect to be working in HR for many years. <laughs> Good. That's funny. Quite a lot of our team have had psychology degrees as well, or even if they haven't, they they they've as part of their recruitment career, went and done a psychology course because totally ties in, doesn't it? And so yeah. much of it is psychological. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super linked. And actually many of the people in my team and, and in, in Almiral's uh, HR team, I would say probably like 70% uh, have studied psychology. Wow. So, yeah, we can get a bit intense sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> some conversations but yeah overall you have many people here I don't know if you have ever had a conversation with our COO Walter um he does a lot of um psychometric testing um for candidates and and I'm sure that you two would get on very well because he gets very into that and very <laughs> intense on the psychology of it so yeah <laughs> we'll need to we'll need to introduce you to yeah of course of course that would be great <laughs> so the reason that I had came across um you and your work was because you joined our um HR and TA leaders forum recently as one of our panelists um and and, and it was a, a like a great session I think it was the most people came that have ever came there was like 90 on at one point so um obviously um a busy session how what was your experience of the forum did you take anything from that yeah i think it was it was very interesting um to hear from from colleagues from different parts of the world and see that we're all experiencing the same the same yeah. situation right uh, all all around and uh really hear uh from from colleagues uh, everyone having the same struggles going yeah. through uh, very similar situations and uh, uh, really seeing how companies are trying to innovate and, and be able to be able to keep up with all the changes that are happening right now in the in the labor market yeah. so no I really I really enjoyed it I, I also really enjoyed the you know the format of 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 the of the meeting <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was really good and I think I think that's something that's just coming up a lot just now like a lot of talent teams scaled back or people are working from home and I think a lot of people in talent just feel quite isolated as well so it's nice to come on and speak to or hear from like 80 other people in the same situation as you and just know that the problems that you're facing are not just you problems it's the market. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's also positive because really it's like well the companies need to you know see how they can adapt and really yeah. answer to to the needs of, of the talent if they really want to stay attractive and, and uh, be able to attract the talent that they need. They they need to acknowledge that that's the situation that the that the world is on right now yeah. and they need to they need to adapt and some of them need to step up their game. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, it's very much an industry where you need to be need to be ahead of the curve all the time, and you can't you can't be scared of trying new things and 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 keeping on top of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that I found most interesting that you were talking about in the forum was was attracting candidates through um employer branding um as a as a medium sized uh, pharmaceutical company. How is it that you use Almirol's branding to attract candidates and compete with those bigger companies? I think we we are doing many things, but we still have a long journey ahead of us um, because, as you said, we're a mid-sized organization, very well known in Spain because mm -hmm. this is where our headquarter is and uh, uh you know long tradition of the company here so is well known yeah. company in spain but not so well known in in other countries yeah. so usually our biggest uh, uh challenge is when we need to attract talent in other countries right. or we need to bring people from all over the world into our hq in, in barcelona um so you know, of course, we we do the basics that everyone does. You know, we we very recently last year we updated our career site to make it a lot more uh, friendly with more information with employees' testimonies, yeah. so people can really get a little bit of a feel of what it is to work for Amiral. Not only you know what uh, the company says, but also what our employees say. So. Yeah. The people talk about their experience going through the recruitment process. Some of them have relocated to come here. So they also talk about how they lived that whole relocation mm. and also their, how they like working for, for the company. Um, of course, we have a very, you know, we work very closely with our external communication team to align messages, to work on LinkedIn, to really be able to share a, you know, broader vision of the company mm -hmm. you know not, not, uh, and talk about everything that that we do how we innovate how we help our patients messages from our leadership team from our ceo so you know try to really build this narrative so yeah. people get to know the company uh not only from a professional side of things but also a little bit more on you know the, the what's the culture uh, yeah. how how are the people working here and so that I think this is one of the things that can make a little bit of a difference mm -hmm. um, and one of the main reasons that we are able to attract talent from bigger corporations is is this right because we are as we're not as big uh, you are able to make an, a bigger impact you're yeah. able to be part of you know, big decisions, big projects, and uh, you really feel how your job, your day-to-day -day job can impact not only the company, but also, you know, the lives of patients. Yeah. 
uh, and I think that's that's really that's really strong. But as I said, there's a lot to come. Uh, we're actually working on building a cr um, cross-functional employer branding team. Nice. Uh, where we have HR, but we also have communication. We also have someone from marketing. So we all, you know, align messages, work together, and also innovate more. Because in talent acquisition in HR, we're not experts in, you know, in in marketing communication. Yeah. Um, so so that's something that we're working on, and also something quite interesting that we've done recently is um, working together with our leadership team in R&D. We've uh, done uh, two workshops with them uh, to think all together mm -hmm. in innovative ways to attract talent in R&D. So uh, really working very closely with the business. So first we can also share with them what's happening in the market mm -hmm. and what are some of the challenges that we're facing to attract this kind of talent so that together we can think about different ways where where are we not looking you know where other places yeah. we need to look for people where do we need to be what forums different strategies uh, and now we're actually working on a strategy specifically for this niche of talent for for R&D scientists nice it, it, it sounds like you are there's a lot of outside the box thinking coming up. Um, We're trying. Keep on top of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's fun, um, and and the company is really open for you know to this because you know we see that we 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 need to think differently because people are thinking differently already. Yeah, hundred percent. I was actually doing our career site, and you'd think that as a recruitment company we would have a, an amazing career site, but it wasn't that good before. So I was recently redoing it and just like, I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. So I was just looking at loads of different people's career sites to see what they were doing well. And the amount of businesses that don't have like the voice of the employee or, you know, it's just, we do this and we do that. And it's like, well, how do we know that without someone saying that that is what, you know, it's, it's that you need to have testimonials to build trust with the candidate as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think also it's uh, that's a little bit outside of of employer branding. Um, but um, uh, is within a recruitment process, we see that the more people a candidate gets to meet, not 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 thinking so much about interviews, structured interviews, but really getting a chance to have touch yeah. points with different people within the organization is one of the things that we see in, engage that has a good impact in, in candidate engagement. Uh, because then, yeah, you not only listening to HR, which of course you like to listen to HR, but you also want to hear other people's opinions, right? Yeah, absolutely. We found exactly the same thing. So I completely agree with you there. Um, <laughs> So you kind of touched on candidate candidate engagement there, but um, you know, candidate behavior has just changed quite a lot over the last couple of years. And I think that's true of every industry and and, and every kind of role. Um you'd said that candidate you'd you'd experienced candidate behavior changing um within within uh, your industry. Can you tell me a little bit about how that candidate behavior's changed? Of course. Um I mean We've gone. We've all gone through this pandemic, and it has made a lot of people 
rethink their lives yeah right and really put into a balance what is important what isn't what are my priorities in life what what do I what do I want to achieve in life yeah we've seen the great resignation we we, we've seen many things uh happening and affecting the 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 market uh after covid and um of course we we've all everyone has worked remotely something Mm -hmm. that many companies have never done before like for example in Amiral's case in HQ we didn't even have one day of working from home a week yeah and then everyone had to work from home and companies have not collapsed I mean people have worked things have moved forward um, and then you've had people who have really enjoyed working from home and then you have people who have hated it like (laughs) me for example I didn't like working from home every day of the week I did not enjoy it I wanted to be back at the office I wanted to be with my team I wanted to be closer to my colleagues uh but then some other people were like I don't want to go back to the office ever yeah (laughs) Yeah. people are like I will I'll happily never come in again (laughs) exactly so you 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 have this very different uh views on on it um but I would say that the the in the common uh, ingredient now in most candidates and how their behavior is changing is that they've become a lot more demanding mm-hmm. it's not anymore that the company is looking for someone and uh, you need to prove that you are the right candidate it's now it's you know you also need to prove to me that you are the right company yeah so that's that dynamic has has it changed before COVID, but I think that it, it's a lot clearer now. So candidates ask a lot more questions from the beginning mm-hmm. and they want to know what you offer as a company. They want to know what is the company culture. They want to know what, how are, how would be my colleagues? How is the hiring manager? Uh, they, they want to understand a lot more what the company offers before making a decision yeah and I think I think it I think it's great um and I think many companies are are really adapting to it but some hiring managers still can struggle a little bit with it because it's like but I I had an interview with this candidate and they didn't seem motivated and it was like, yeah, but just yeah. your role was to motivate them <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's a two-way selling process yeah. just now isn't it yeah Okay, so that's I think that's that's one of the key changes. So um, you see people again asking a lot more questions than they used to, and uh, usually from maybe first conversation, maybe second, asking about flexibility, mm-hmm. ask, asking about benefits, asking about uh, holidays, about uh, schedule. So really, that's changed. Because I, when I started recruitment, I mean, a candidate who would ask this in the first call would be rejected. Yeah, they're too demanding. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not every company, but you know, it's it, it was quite, you know, highly uh, uh, possible that you would be rejected if you asked this in the first conversation. Yeah, and it it, it makes sense that candidates are doing that now because. Like they sh- they should they've got to look after them themselves. Um, and if a company's not right for th- for the candidate, then 
in the long run, it's bad for both the company and the candidate, you know. Exactly. So you're going exactly you're going to hire someone who's not going to be happy. Yeah. Um, who's not going to adapt well. Um, so it's 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 a lot about managing expectations, right? And and making sure that you as a candidate have all the information that you need and us as a company also. And uh and then we all need to make decisions, right? Is this the right company for you? And is this the right candidate for you? Is this the right person for you? Mm -hmm. Very much a two-way street. Um, yeah. Although candidates are like drop, like we've noticed that candidates are dropping out of the hiring process like faster than 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 ever before. Um, and, and at every single stage of the process, do you know, it used to be that people would, either drop off at the first stage or at the last stage but now it's like continual through yeah. the whole process have you experienced that i mean it has increased it's mm -hmm. not super high for us yeah. um but it, it's true that it has increased uh since covid but we still have uh more people who kind of you know drop off at earlier stages or the later stages not yeah. so much in the middle mm. we, i think we're able to engage people and let them wanting to understand more yeah. and learn more from the company uh but but it, it it has increased a little bit yeah engagement has is a bit more difficult but i do think that we've also put you know quite early on uh um strategies or or uh to, to increase engagement of, of candidates yeah definitely mm -hmm. it's something we keep seeing our clients is you need to move faster because people are dropping out because things aren't moving fast enough and if, if a candidate's in one process they're usually in multiple processes yeah. you know if, if they think they're if they're thinking about leaving a job or they they're probably talking to a few people and if you don't move fast enough someone else will um yeah so i guess that's part of what's causing it can you tell me a little bit about the, the the strategies that you you've put in to to stop this from happening? Um, one is constant communication. Communicate as much as you can yeah. with your candidates. Don't leave them waiting for an answer for three weeks. I mean, you're gonna lose them. So even if you don't have news, just send a quick email Check saying, in. you know, we are still interested. <laughs> are you still interested uh are you in any other processes is there anything i can do you know just keep keep in touch with with your candidates i think is, is key um i think also as i said um uh, for a candidate to be able to have different touch points with different people uh throughout the the process although it can slow things down it's true it can, mm. it can slow things down but also it helps the person understand what you're offering and, and how the company is a lot better um and something that i think we're doing very well is first make sure that your key messages are aligned you cannot be saying something very different to what the hiring manager is saying and what you know whoever participates in the process is saying mm -hmm. so that's super important for a candidate to see that everyone is saying the same things same from thing. their from their perspective and what i tell hiring managers and i i think i think they do very well is to you know to be authentic to be genuine to be transparent mm -hmm. don't sell things that are not true <laughs> just 
tell the truth and what we are and what we aren't and what our strengths and what aren't so that people have you know realistic expectations uh, throughout the process so that if, if they finally join the company of course you, you need to be in the company to really leave it mm-hmm. but so that you don't join the company and say oh this is very different to i was to what i was told. that's that's a huge mistake and then i'm not going to stick around because this isn't what i was i was sold in the first place exactly yeah, yeah. have you have you also been experiencing that 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 some of this this dropout has come from from counter offers have you been experiencing that on the candidate side yes Mm. yes it's it's it has increased um and uh, i'm we're actually uh uh, reporting uh how many people receive a counter offer um and it's 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 quite interesting because well it also depends on the country some countries um have always it's been more common to use this practice of a counter offer some others is not that common mm-hmm. um but it's interesting in two ways first we see that there are candidates that maybe they have realized there's people who have realized this and they use this as a, as a strategy yeah. to get a pay increase uh-huh. <laughs> so they started you know, they start a recruitment process, they might like it, they might leave, but, you know, many times it's like, I want to get a higher salary, but I want to stay where I am. And they use this as a strategy, it happens. Um, but also, um, as there is, there is a work for talent, uh, comp- I mean, it's really hard to, to have the, the talent that you need. Mm-hmm. If you have a, you know, high potential, like a key talent of the organization leaving the companies are much more likely to say is it is it a money is it money because if it's money we can do something about it yeah we we've even experienced people who not only have been offered more money but they have been offered a new project so it's development yeah so it's it's increased it's not like it's not super high but it it has increased i was i was in the office yesterday and i was sitting next to one of um, one of our our team and she was talking to a candidate on the phone on behalf of a client and she came off the phone and was like that person just wants to just wants a counter offer like Mm -hmm. i know they're not going to move right now they just want to know how much they can be offered for this role and then go back to their their job so yeah yeah what are you doing in Almeral to mitigate your own people leaving? To to keep our talent. Yeah, to keep your own talent. <laughs> <laughs> so we we just I mean do many things right to to uh, for talent retention. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the maybe what we can start with is that we every we used to do every two years we used to do an engagement survey to see how people were feeling are they happy are they not and if not what's happening why are they're not happy and what can we do in order to change that right mm-hmm. um but now we are doing it a lot more often we have a new tool that allows us to you know just send very quick simple surveys that you can answer in five to ten minutes mm-hmm. so that we can really test the temperature of specific things in, in the organization 
uh, and also see how the is, is the impact of, of things that we're doing the 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 one what, what we expected or not right mm -hmm. so we're talking to the organization as a whole a lot more than we used to and um the the goal is to continue this this practice mm -hmm. uh and of course, we have our uh, people and cultural business partners who are uh, the ones who work very closely with the business. And of course, if they identify any situation, they will also share with the, re the rest of the of the team so we can put okay. your plans in action if necessary. That's a little bit, it can be considered a bit reactive. Uh, but um, we also, of course, uh, we do every year, we do our talent review process where we uh, like it's a bottom-up process where leaders identify their talents and uh, really share with with you know the, their area and the people and culture team who are uh, the the key talents. What is their profile? What are they doing to help them grow? And one of the things that we also identify is risk of loss. So. Okay. Uh, we kind of force this conversation, force leaders to have these conversations with their people uh -huh. to address whether I have someone in my team that I don't want to lose and I might lose because they are not motivated, because they're not happy for any reason. Okay. So in these people, of course, who are considered talents, then we can do ad hoc specific action plans to make sure that we are retaining them. And then also we think about many different ways where we can uh, help them, like make them, well, or facilitate that they stay, for example, developing development programs or improving our uh, learning um, um, offering or by, you know, helping them or, or motivating them to participate in internal recruitment processes so they can uh, uh, be part of a different team. So there are different strategies that, that we that we put in place. Um, then, of course, recently, uh, for example, we have done a big change in terms of flexibility because uh, we knew that this was one of the things that people were asking for. So we have increased the number of days that you can work from home. We have a much more flexible schedule, more flexible holidays. So. Yeah. Um, you know, little by little implementing these changes that also let our employees see that we are listening mm -hmm. and that we we want them to, you know, be happy <laughs> at the company. And from that to uh, some, we're doing many, many things right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, there's actually two, uh, this is too broad a question. Yeah, for yeah. Me. <laughs> so it's like, okay, let me see how can I put this quickly because there are many many things that we do but still i mean people will leave of yeah. course uh, uh and it's it's, a, it's an open market and uh we we're talking about this before right it's very nowadays it's not very common to have someone who spends their whole their whole career in the same company no. it's, it's it's not common so i mean you are going to lose talent uh but at least try to retain as much as you can and and make everyone as as, as happy as, as as you can as as you know hr absolutely like all of that feeds into internal mobility um quite quite well how important is internal mobility in all and and how do you kind of prepare your team for the next step Mm -hmm. so it's it's very it's very important for sure right and uh we again we want to make sure that we are 
developing our employees. Um, so we have different ways uh, to make that happen. Uh, one of them, as I said, is through the talent review and succession planning process. Mm -hmm. So uh, part of this process is to identify which are the key roles within the different functions and then establish the succession planning for that role, right? So mm -hmm. who, which people are nearly ready to take on that position, which people could maybe take it in one to three years and which people could take it in three to five years, right? Yeah. So that's the exercise that we do. And then what we want, what we make sure is that leaders put in place development plans for these people who are in the succession planning so that they can come closer and closer to this to these roles. And for example, for those key roles where we don't have anyone in, in our teams who are uh, in the succession planning, the succession plan is nearly nobody there or maybe so, just one people in three to five, then it's usually something that we take into consideration when we are recruiting. Mm -hmm. If we are recruiting for this team, we need to take into account that we need people to fill in this succession plan, yeah. right? That's one thing. Um, then also we all, we have uh, recruitment processes. So all of the positions, like I was, yeah, all the positions that we have, we post them internally. So whenever we have an internal candidate, we're going to prioritize them. Nice. Doesn't mean that they will 100% get the role. It, I mean, you need to have the, the profile, the skills, uh, uh, but we're always going to interview them. We're, go we're always going to assess them as candidates. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say in the roles that we get internal candidates, I can say that around 85%. Wow. We, we hire the, the internal, like we give the, the opportunity to the internal person. And internal also means people who are contractors, people who have a temporary contract. It's not right? just full-time permanent employees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, all, all of them uh, are, taken into, are taken into account. So really, we, we try to... to help our people develop and give them this these opportunities and also it's, it's a very interesting development um situation for the candidates who apply and uh, at the end are not um hired because yeah. you know they, they go through this process they have their interviews they get to meet different people and we also always give them feedback on how, if, for example, if we do an assessment center, which happens for all managerial roles, mm -hmm. then you have a feedback session when we explain what you did well, what you didn't, and that we link it to your development plan so that you can work on those areas that were identified as you know not as strong. And if they don't get, so if they go for a position and they don't get hired that time, right? And you, you, you give them the development plan, they go away and work, work on it do most of them succeed the next time that they apply then i don't i don't have like a number i wish I sorry did. i put you on the spot there no, it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay um i there are many cases of people who have applied they didn't get the job they came back a couple of maybe a year later a couple of year later to the same role or a different one and, and they have succeeded and many times you also need to make the decision I mean this person has applied and has gone through more than one internal recruitment process do we want to keep the person 
or not? <laughs> because if the answer is yes, then you need to give the people the chance because otherwise they will leave. And as well, there's nothing there's nothing more devo- demotivating than than not getting something that, that you go for and not knowing why. Um, so the fact that you give that feedback is obviously yeah. really positive. And I guess you're right. You know, if you go for it again the second time, then mm-hmm. even yeah. feedless or feedback or no feedback, you're still gonna kind of take that to heart and be like, well, maybe this isn't the place for me. Yeah. I mean, it can't. It can't. I'm not saying that it can't happen um it's it's a tough decision to make for sure and sometimes for some roles you need a very specific skill set mm-hmm. that someone internally doesn't have but uh as i said we we do try to to give the chance and like in my case i started as a recruiter and now i'm leading like global talent acquisition and yeah. learning and development so i've had my chance to to grow and to go through an internal recruitment process and to get a, a you know higher responsibility yeah yeah <laughs> i know um it's, it's a little bit like i think kate kate from actana who was also on the panel yeah. from you she spoke before about like you know, it's all about making sure that the, the line managers are also willing to let people go because yeah. so many, so many managers are like, but yet that person has applied for another role, but I don't want to lose them for my department. Um, and it's, it's yeah. balancing up that, keeping the managers happy and keeping the, the employees happy as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 of course, it's absolutely very, very important. I mean, the way that we have uh, like our policy, what our policy states mm-hmm. is that you, if, if you, if you apply for an internal role, you need to inform your manager, but it's not like, you know, you need to be, you need your manager to validate that you're applying for a role. You just need to let them know. Yeah. You need to let them know because um, it's not, to be very honest, in my experience, it can happen that a leader say, I mean, it's a loss for my department because this person is amazing, but not that like, people don't really go like, I don't, I don't want this person to, to, you know, to leave the, the, the department right now. I need them. It doesn't really happen because also many of our leaders have promoted. They have been promoted internally. They have grown. They have had the chance to have different positions within the company. So they, they are also going to uh, help their people, you know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It all sounds like it stems from your fantastic culture um, at Almirall. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a great place really to, to work. And uh, uh, it's, it's a company that is constantly changing, super dynamic. And, uh, um, of course, with the strengths and improvement areas as many any other company. But uh, overall, I would say that um, we really invest a lot of time and effort in 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 our people and and try to uh, yeah develop our people and retain our talent. Definitely seems that way. <laughs> um, Beatrice, that has us come to the end of our end of our questions for today. And um, I'd just like to say thanks so much for coming on. And um, between this and, and and the HR leadership forum. I've taken a lot, um, a lot from what you've had to say. So yeah, really appreciate it. No, no, thank you, Claire. I really, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Excellent. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.